everybody, and hello humans. It is time for Not A Robot's DC Comic Review Show. This dedicated dream team of collected comic reviewers have returned once again to talk all about this week's latest in DC Comics. This main DC podcast will focus exclusively on future state and related comics for the duration of the event. You'll be able to catch many episodes covering additional DC titles and comic publishers with Not A Robot Comic Quick Bites. These will initially be available to the humans in our Patreon community, who get access to all of our content for as low as a dollar a month. Anthony has left this podcast to be the director of the Quick Bites department, so make sure you get your fill of him and the other titles over there. My name is Josh, and as always, my co-hosts Jared. Hello, humans. And Reed. Cowbunga, my dude. Are with me to divulge, dissect, and discuss nearly every issue that DC puts out. If you have any requests, please let us know. Speaking of which, after our last episode, our listener and resident Superman expert Glenn Clark wrote in to let us know a little something. In our review of Generations Shattered, Dominus was presented by us as a new character. Glenn has in fact reminded us that Dominus is from a fairly long Superman story arc in 1998 called The Dominus Effect. So thank you, Glenn, for letting us know that. We always appreciate it. There's nothing better than knowing everything. <laughs> So oh, we, is that the is that the no neck I love dude? It. Yeah, that's the no neck dude. Apparently, nice. he's from a long time. I completely forgot about it. I need to get back and read that art. Oh, I just uh, typed it into Google looking for it by accident, and uh, it is Latin for master. Hmm. Dominus. Also, if you watched Rome the show, you would you'd have heard a lot of that. Right. <laughs> Dominus well, speaking and of comic and books that we read, this episode we're going to be reviewing the future state titles once again. Ara Zor-El Superwoman, Superman Wonder Woman, Teen Titans, Green Lantern, Robin Eternal, Justice League, and Dark Detective. We are on Twitter at Not A Robot Show, Reed is at PGH underscore Reed, and Jared is at HoneyBadger underscore Bot. And we all answer show mail sent to NotArobotPodcast at gmail.com. Now is the time to say a big, huge thank you to the people who help us support the podcast. Subscribe to our Patreon, some for as low as a dollar a month, so that we can make sure to keep bringing you more and better content. This is the Not A Robot Anti-Beatbot Must Be A Human shout-out and roll call. And that shout-out goes to our humans Weird Science Gym, Blue Mondays, Hollister, Torpedo Face, and Roch Crockett. A big salute to all of you and an even bigger thank you. So what are you waiting for? Sign up and show us you just might be a human after all and get a shout out on the Not A Robot, Anti-Beatbot, Must Be A Human Roll Call. And now let's get into the books. Future State is a two-month story arc spanning all of DC full of potential and possible new beginnings. One such character has a very real new beginning with a new identity to boot. And we start things off with her. Priced at $3.99, written by Marguerite Bennett, with art by Marguerite Savage, letters by Wes Abbott, and cover by Paulina Ganesho. Ganesho is right, that is one hell of a cover. I liked it, I thought it was great. In the distant future, Kara Zorel has relocated to the moon and completely left Earth behind in her past. The timeline here is long after the events of Superman of Metropolis, though we're not giving a very specific time. Earth, however, has nothing to do with the story. Kara Zorel has decided that she'll restructure her life and take a rather zen approach to it, applying all of her cousin Clark's lessons, and the one that she's learned herself along the way. Where Kara had been known for her explosive temper before, she now focuses on a life of peace, even though her presence is tolerated rather than welcomed on the moon. A spaceship shows up in front of Kara, and 
after a quick tussle between her and the ship's occupant, we are introduced to Lenari Liliali. That is a super pretty name, by the way, just for <laughs> just just for the record. And what a really pretty drawn character too. And I had to put that into Google. I think it might actually be a tip of the hat to Final Fantasy Chronicles, because that's the <laughs> only thing that I could find that pulled up with Lenari. Uh, well, you know, Final Fantasy, they pull a lot of, like, gods and deities from various different places, Quetzalcoatl and ba- Baphomet and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, something that's to look true. about. Out there, if you know who this creature, if this is based on a mythical creature, let us know. Because I feel like that foxy kind of, like, long nine-tail, uh, multi-winged look might be drawing from a couple of different sources. So let us know what you guys think. Yeah, the way that you just described it, it made me think it might have been drawing from some Pokemon. <laughs> a, this this is a uh this is a rare t- wait one of those oh shit i messed up the joke those fancy birds it's one of those pigeons yeah, uh, yeah a pigeon yeah. yes that's yeah. a pigeon it's a pigeon or whatever Pidgeot, it's three. i don't know I, I gotta get points for that man it's been like 20 damn years <laughs> for sure man um, but yeah it's a very cool character i love that i love the designs of everything in this so far me too. She's got all kinds of, of powers. Um, she almost reminded me a little of Martian Manhunter, minus the mind control. She's got shape-shifting, strength, super speed. She's an alien. Uh, we learn about her as these two become friends, and Kara tries to teach her the wisdom that she's learned during her life on the moon. Her powers come from this weird jewel that's in her head, and these two factions of people from, ho- from her homeworld have been fighting over it for so long that the battle is considered ancient. This is because the jewel grants the powers, but only for one person, and only one person at a time. Lenari is very selfish and prideful in her personality, and she takes offense to everything, kind of making Supergirl's job a little difficult. She takes off and leaves Superwoman and the moon, and is quickly snatched up by the opposing forces from her own world. Now keep in mind, we still don't really know who the bad guy is here, and really neither does Superwoman. But that doesn't stop her from apologizing to Crypto for shedding her peaceful ways in the blink of an eye. And she cranks her angry dial up to 11. So far, dudes, I'm really into this story. They take the essence of all the things I like about Kara, Zorel, and give it a brand new direction. The character conflict and the dialogue are awesome. The story's got me intrigued. When I first looked at the art in this book, on that first page, I was not thrilled because that's not my favorite style. But that changed before I even hit the second page. The art in, in Superwoman is exactly what it needs to be. It's like a balance of softness and dramatic flair, and it's really, it is really selling the story that it's painting. Uh, I gave this one an 8 out of 10. What did you think about it, Reed? Well, you know I love some, some, some interesting art, and this one fits right in. We're in a future zone. It, this is very, like, early, like, sci-fi, uh, um, like, paperback art you know everything it's very um right that's kind of what like it art. started to remind me of like almost that louis l'amour western not you know obviously that's western but that era of art and book art uh-huh everything is very um like watercolor and it's mm-hmm. it's got this look that makes everything seem a little bit magical i mean you're on the moon you're hanging out with this weird shape-shifting creature uh this is this is a hit for me this this ticks off a lot of boxes for me uh, it's cute as hell. It looks great, and we're getting into all kind of weird pantheons, and there's all just kind of bullshit everywhere, and I love it. Uh, I do too. This one, this is this is a this is a high point for me. This is a nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. All right, Jared, where were you at with Kara Zor El Superwoman? 
Well, it just it, it breaks my heart because always taking uh, Kara and putting her anywhere where she cannot be part of a main story. They stuck her on the damn moon this time. I, I knew it was going to end up being some BS and it ended up being that way. Uh, mm-hmm. The arc seemed, I guess, if you were making an animated series like Yu-Gi-Oh! or, or you know, Digimon or Pokemon or something like that, that the art would be somewhere there. If you like that type, then okay, I, I, I do not. Uh, it, I don't know, it just seemed, I guess it'd be, it's, it's new, different, being able to give everyone all horns for some damn reason. <laughs> uh, it's got a real Saga vibe. It's got real Saga vibes for yeah, sure with that. Yeah, it does. It, it, it definitely does. And I get what you're saying, because like I said, that first page, it, it wasn't until I got sucked into the story and saw where it was going, like the art just kind of felt like it fit. It's, but, it's, it's certainly atypical, though. This is not what you'd expect from a mainline DC comic. No, and yeah. I'm, I'm not one to usually defend it, but I, I really dug it here. I liked it. And regardless of how you feel about or Jared, what did you give the issue? Uh, a 7.5, because I do like the story and everything like that. I do love, love fact that uh, I, I love Cora Israel. Uh, I, I love the whole Superman mythos, you know, everything mm-hmm. related. And her ride has been a wild one from being protoplasm to, you know, to, to, to being someone's cousin to no longer being someone's cousin or cousin of a different yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry protoplasm mixed with uh, the essence of lex luther uh <laughs> look at some of her or- look at Fun some time. of her origins yeah she- now she's rocking with some i don't know tinkerbell off a of buffy the vampire slayer chick that glows blue poking <laughs> pokemon manhunter yeah <laughs> all right well you but know I- honestly yeah, I think yeah, I think that's you know that's a pretty good for for his. Uh, I I think and that that's the kind of thing about this book. I mean, I was taken aback at, at first. I'm like, okay, geez, what what the hell is this? But it it kind of wins you over. You know that it the story and the characters are compelling enough that kind of like, it kind of by the end of the book, I wasn't even thinking about the art. You know what I mean? I was just sucked into the story, and I think yeah, some quality. I'd only say it hit the tech target demographic for be able to get younger female viewer uh, readers into the, the comic books and everything like that it was a power team of two strong young females going together so that's the reason why i gave it such a high score is because they did Absolutely. hit a dial that part for their target demographic i just don't happen to fall in that target demographic <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not it's not exactly true, for that's you true. but yeah that's, no. a good, that's a good take no. i like it it is a good it is a very good point and it is an area that DC is lacking in currently and it is nice mm-hmm. to see that they are going to start addressing that. I've got kids that love superheroes, all kinds of superheroes. They love DC Supergirls, the uh, superhero girls that cartoon that's out and they read those comic books. They want to see more. But the they want to read more. It's just not out there for them yet. There's a lot for the like the ten and up crowd, but not so much for the ten and under crowd. You know, and it's that's unfortunate. I'm glad that they're they're doing stuff that's appropriate for yeah. all ages. That's yeah, good for everybody. Regardless of how you feel about the issue, Superwoman and Lenari make an interesting pairing. Now let's take a look at another pairing from Future State this week. Superman Wonder Woman number one, priced at three ninety nine, written by Dan Waters, art by Leila DeLuca and Nick Flaherty, with letters by Tom Napolitano with Lee Veeks and Brad Anderson bringing us that cover. Reed, what happens in this issue? Well, lots of changes have come to the DC world as a, 
as a result of Future State. In this particular outing, we have two top-tier heroes taking up new mantles as the newly appointed Superman and Wonder Woman. Uh, John Kent, Metropolis's new Superman, seems to be enjoying his role, uh, attempting to be what the city needs of him. Um, he has a, a fun little morning routine that's all paced out by seconds, just showing how quick his mind is and how fast he is, all that kind of business. Um, and his routine includes uh, drinking his coffee in three seconds because he likes to savor it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Doing a little eye <laughs> beam sky riding and, you know, just checking up on the neighborhood. Um, he notices, though, that Earth's got itself uh, a new solar entity on his routine, uh, which is I feel like he got pretty far into his routine before noticing that, considering he's a dude that is powered by the sun. But, I, you know, I'll, and is breaking everything down into tenths of a second. I mean, <laughs> I mean, everybody's a little foggy in the morning, so I'll allow it. it I mean, I suppose even Superman <laughs> needs a little more coffee. He needs time for exactly. that coffee to kick in. Yeah, but the new solar uh, entity is, in fact, Solaris, the tyrant sun. Now, I'm not super um, knowledgeable on uh, Superman uh, business per se. Is have, have we seen this sun before? Yes. Okay, okay. It seems like it would be a good foil to super folk who love that, that juicy sunlight. Um, meanwhile, in Brazil, uh, Wonder Woman seems to fare just as well in the concrete jungle as she does in the rainforest. Uh, as we see her rescue a crashing helicopter and then admonish a government official for taking a, a private helicopter while the traffic is so bad. Uh, <laughs> that was really fun. She made them, like, write, I will not abuse, uh, like, my power, etc. and stuff on the helicopter as she yeah. left, which was, which was really fun. <laughs> it was, that was funny as hell, but can I just point out that in order to make a point that they shouldn't be uh, expending that kind of money, she she slams that thing to the ground. I mean, yes, she saves it, but I mean, she doesn't do it gently. <laughs> you know, yeah, she, she might have. I <laughs> not think she like Wonder a Woman. Bit of a... Yeah, not like Diana would have anyway. Right. Well, you know, they're they're women. Uh, um, they are similar in that vein. They've got a point to prove, um, and oh, sometimes they they're a little heavy handed. Um, I like her personality. But... This helicopter apparently was uh, accident was not quite an accident. It seems that Kuat, the sun god, caused a solar flare that caused the helicopter to crash because uh, his people prayed to him because these officials don't have to sit in the traffic. So he granted their prayer, which was nice. Um, kind of a after, dick move, um, but whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> declining to get drunk with Wonder Woman, which come on, come on. Who in the world? Uh, he rides his, you know, fiery goat or whatever uh, into the sky to do battle with Solaris. They have a race. Uh, it causes all kind of baloney to happen on Earth, as as it would, uh, you know, um, when the sun starts racing around the planet at light speed. Uh, but unfortunately, Wonder Woman and John uh, Superman are there to save everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, both sun entities are tired out and um, – pledged to come back you know tomorrow <laughs> and uh everything seems to be fine except john is about to go about his daily routine when um he passes out with his laser beam eyes on and i guess smashes up the city real good i guess we'll have to find out next one I in suppose. the next issue um 
This book gives us an interesting look into a possible future where big names have all left the main stage and new heroes uh, are left to pick up the pieces. Yep. I think this is a really interesting look at a new age and a possible direction for DC. As uh, the do art I. Here, yeah, I, and I can see why they're pitching this the way they are. I feel like kind of shitty them selling us on being a focus group. I feel like they should have given at least a couple of these away for free if they're basically focus <laughs> right. texting for the next 20 years. I, so, um, I mean, ultimately, I think what they were trying to do here was, you know, find out if people were willing to pay that kind of price. I yeah. did I did see today, I did see, I found out today that the next Batman, written by John Ridley, and it's Ooh. confirmed, mystery blown by the public announcement from DC, that's confirmed him, Fox, is Batman. Yep. Not Luke, everybody. It's Tim Bitches. I That's told stupid. you so. <laughs> they should have saved that little they should have. Room. They should have saved that little twist room. I thought it was Luke for sure. Yeah. Well, um, it, a lot it of looks did. like they have it looks like they have another big twist going. If you look for right after they go away from the sun, uh, when they bring up Mr. McKizzlefix, if you cover uh, John Kent's hair and any every single thing, they save some money because he looks exactly like Lex Luthor. He he looks he he does. The facial features, everything. He seems it looks like a classic Lex. (laughs) Every single panel on that page. Well, you know the the way he (laughs) was. Well, you know the way he was acting in the last uh, time we saw him with the city in a bottle. He's not too far off. He's got. He's kind of got some Lex thinking. Um, Uh, Obviously, now this takes place farther in the future than Justice League. mm -hmm. Um, Both heroes are known and know each other. In Justice League, that's not really so much the case. They kind of do. Uh, John is drawn really much older here. I see him as a full-grown man now. He's obviously settled nicely into his role as Superman. If he's not a little arrogant about it, Yara Floor continues to be Yara Floor, and that can't get any better. Uh, Her brothers, Kua and Ai, the sun and the moon, are really cool. They're like three sides of the same coin, and Yara Flora is the edge there. Or Yara Floor is the edge. I love the art, too. The, the only downside was that I thought that sometimes John's face was drawn a little bit too small for his head. Did you notice See, that? There yes. was some weird... <laughs> and that's what kind of kept this art from going from just being like, oh, that's really good to being great. There's like a little couple of things like that. A little couple of... I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it wasn't... It was just like, okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. And the story was, oh, yeah, okay, that's pretty cool. Right. It was. It never kind of crossed that threshold for me. Um, so, with, which is only, which is uh, it is reflected in my score only because this is Superman and Wonder Woman, and to have a right. kind of just okay book with these very cool characters is strange. So this one got a six point seven five out of me. Just it needs to realize its potential. Okay, I gave this a 7.5. I enjoyed it with all the reasons I said before. The art I thought was cool. There was just a couple long, p- wrong places. Um, I kind of liked seeing a different kind of Superman. I was, I was a little shocked at first, and it took me a second to get used to the way that he did things, but I could see the son of Superman, like, boiling everything down to a science and running everything by a stopwatch to make sure that he lived up to his old man's name. That's and, and you know I mean to say that John Kent wouldn't do that is a little crazy. So I mean I could totally see that. What did you think about it, Jared? I think Superman needs to get a paternity test because when you end up looking at <laughs> like uh, right after uh, says, as the skies begin to strobe between light and darkness, it takes John Kent less than point zero eight seconds, which gets old. 
<laughs> for all the little time things. And like the, the next page that we got drawn here, uh, this Superman is at the watch. This is Watchtower Earth. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, there's, there's, some, there's some illustration issues. It, it, he's got his his brow is not that far space, so yeah, it's just it's like they shrunk him. He looks like Small Face from the Dick Tracy movie we just reviewed on the comic book movie review show. Wasn't it Baby Face, Little Face, yeah. and Big, big Boy, face, and Big, big boy. boy? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that, that could have been Vandal Savage. Cause I don't know because that looks Cro-Magnon. <laughs> What did you give it? I gave it a 6.25. Uh, six and one quarter Superman out of ten. All right. Well, stepping up the numbers game, at least in terms of characters, let's move from duos to a full-on team. Next up, Teen Titans priced at three ninety nine, written by Tim Sheridan, with art brought to us by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and Alejandro Sanchez. Rob Lee did the letters while Sandoval and Sanchez did the cover. Jared, what happened in Teen Titans? Well, I'll start off with the cover. Uh, the cover, if you're looking at it, it shows five of our heroes, but no detail. Everything is, like, half their faces are covered, they're too far away. So I'm sorry that the, the, it's nice that they have a little nod to uh, to what's happening and stuff. But then you see Nightwing holding onto the Deathstroke mask. Uh, but I, I like I like to see something, especially for a, a team, because that's not just one or two superheroes. That's a collection of the mythos of just right here five different people. You know, give it some a little bit of a little bit of class it up a little bit. Come on. Uh, yeah, I mean I suppose it definitely could have been better. What about in between the covers? Ha ha ha. Got him. Keep it a family show. <laughs> uh, you enter into Titans Island, New York, New York, and it looks devastated. Uh, it looks like, like a pile of matchsticks. It looks like Detroit if Lions ever won the Super Bowl. <laughs> 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 oh, that's only somebody from Michigan would understand that, but that is no lie. <laughs> oh, we would riot. <laughs> you enter in with Amico, Arrow, and... Uh, who at first I will identify as Nightwing to be able to identify with people. But you can tell that something is different with his, his outfit. It's more Deathstroke colors. So, mm -hmm. so something's definitely going on. He's wearing some golden backpack. <laughs> uh, but for affectionately, for the rest of the time uh, uh, this character is written this way, he'll be Dickwing. And I mean that not disrespectfully, but he is a dick. But I love his character as a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give him that and he does actually have a problem with being called nightwing in the issue so he, yeah he says something like what's with the nightwing crap yeah so apparently he hasn't gone by nightwing for quite a while which is weird do you think it's an awkward conversation to have like guys don't call me nightwing anymore i <laughs> How mean do you change that you don't get to choose your that? own code name if it's like going... choosing your own nickname in high school no no right I mean, the guy's got business cards. He's like, shit, no, this, that's Robin. No, that's... Formal announcement he right. sends out. <laughs> this part, hence. Does he, does he, like, host it on a Facebook group, or is it... I mean, does he just tag everybody on Status Twitter? Status is complicated, Nightwing. <laughs> He'd have to do something, because it was the Flying Grayson, then it was the Ward of Bruce, uh, Bruce Wayne, then it was Robin, and then it was Nightwing, and then it was Dick Grayson. Well, for the love of God, it, then... Uh, Dicky, yeah, 
Dickie boy. Rick we need to have a flow chart just to be able to keep track of where he's at. I hate that they're changing his personality again in the future, but and but I guess we'll get to that. So go ahead and carry That's on gonna with be, the... I think the personality change is definitely going to end up being uh, personal growth and everything. But he's dressed, if you catch the colors and Deathstrokes, infamous blue and gold, and they got the Titans logo on their belt buckles. Uh, they're at a graveyard, and he is... Being, well, his namesake, a dick. Nico is saying goodbye to Wallace West, and then he, he tells her he's got to hurry up. You, you see Arrow and Nightwing walking around, and you see the grave markers, or like the little markers for the honor of service, because I doubt that they buried all the superheroes there, because that'd be a one-stop shop for any supervillain to come nab and zombify, you know. But you Black got a Lantern, point there, but it looked Black like Lantern a graveyard it's most likely just the markers, and then they, they're buried where their secret identities would be at. Because one Black Lantern Corps, uh-huh. right, uh-huh. rise up, and you got you got yourself the A team. <laughs> right. Dickwing ends up hurrying along. Miko's crying at Wall's tomb, and uh, Red X appears. He goes on to a, a party where they got Deathstroke colored. <laughs> what Dick- the hell was that? They have. Deathstroke balloons all over the fucking place. I yeah. mean, that was... <laughs> well, a Deathstroke mask with a ribbon on it. Right? Like, what, are we, what are we doing here, guys? I don't understand. I mean, it's... I mean, apparently that's who Dick is now. I mean, no one's called him Deathstroke, but, I mean, it's very very clear to see that he has totally assumed that, that identity. Well, he yeah, still looks it... like he's got the blue on... Or it's the shade of the blue, you know, on there. It's not the Deathstroke colors on his uniform yet. And yeah, it, is that the point of the party that like can well, it's a happy birthday Nightwing and they gave him like Deathstroke stuff? <laughs> That's pretty weird. <laughs> weird, weird. Weird move, guys. Weird move indeed. We want you to change. Happy birthday. Uh, we're almost to the finish of this one. How's this one wrap up, my man? Well, it's party time for the B-Day boy, and Deathstroke color balloons are drifting the loft. Uh, those all those people are drawn together and. Uh, it is so poorly drawn. Uh, it looks like it was drawn on the back of a Denny's placemat. <laughs> like, there's no detail whatsoever. I'm just... Yeah. Oh, I, I know everyone's excited to see Detective Chimp there because he is... Well, they end up doing some cheap toilet humor about uh, Nightwing's first name being Dick. And apparently that's the first time that Arrow has ever heard that phrase, which kind of baffles me because she seems to at least be 10. And my 10-year-old giggles every time that word is said inside the house. (laughs) And they did some cheap dialogue between Cyborg and Beast Boy, which is really not needed to try to push that, hey, they're really close friends. Like, we, we know that it's been... It's been established forever. Anybody that's seen any of the animated TV shows, they push it really good there. They're extremely good friends. Yeah, it's kind of common knowledge at this point. It's not something we need reiterated. Yeah. The, the, the art's so terrible on that page where the party scene is. And the, the lower right-hand corner is the only part that really draws my attention where it, got, it looks like a leaf pattern. It says eyes on the prize dick. What was that? Uh, <laughs> that that that's what drew my pattern. That drew my eyes there, and I didn't know if the leaf was a pattern of something or if that's like part of a part of something. I didn't know. Uh, we'll watch more future state to be able to find out if it if it ends up tracking. Dick and Miko go on jet skis because why the hell not? Uh, it's comic books, so why not go out on jet skis? Uh, they talk about Psy Beast, which as soon as they said that, I wanted to 
run as fast as I could towards my wall head first, uh, <laughs> the Nerodu style, uh, <laughs> and bang my head repeatedly <laughs> because I knew where yeah, they were going. The with... <laughs> Side beast, you've got to be shitting me. Uh, <laughs> so you can see where they're going because DC doesn't really come up with that much that oh, original. Right. I just snorted on a podcast. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> they have like a who's who of second generation nobody meta and heroes that are apparently now that important where I don't recognize hardly anybody there. Uh, yeah, I mean, are... I think we're just now seeing these. These are some of the students that were a part of Teen Titans Academy that we're actually going to get, I believe, after Future State. Oh, I'm looking forward to that because some of them sound interesting. I, I want to see how many of them are improvements or cheap knockoffs of whatever their counterparts are because there seems to be, once again, not a lot of original thought when it comes to some of the, the people. They just look like, you know, somebody 2.0. No. Uh, Hopefully it gets better than that. Well, it, they have the whole future so they have infinite way to, infinite way to be able to improve upon anything there's good building blocks but yep. uh dickman goes off gets off hanging out like batman in the shadows everyone's talking and you know rallying together and dickwing is in the shadows like a pervert like batman was <laughs> so he's just like daddy you but, guys are going to come to find out that jerry will take any chance at all to talk shit about batman it's not talking shit about Batman. It's pointing out that Batman is not almighty like everyone thinks he is. He can't be everywhere. He's not Batman. <laughs> Certainly not anymore, but we'll get to that later. Yes. Uh, okay, where were we? Uh, and then uh, after uh, Nightwing pops out and shows that he's a pervert that he is we get blessed by <laughs> my my favorite uh my favorite part of the titans besides nightwing i'll always have a thing for dick grayson but raven because Absolutely. everything oh my god whenever i anticipate her coming onto the page it's it's gonna be artistic it's it's uh, it's gonna be colorful it's gonna be crazy because well uh, uh she's daughter arella and trigon she's a force to be reckoned with uh, she ends up laying down some Latin on there, Equitus, Egoth, Domain, which is very sloppy for uh, for the four horsemen go rule. So she's telling, hey, you know, this begin the apocalypse, which... Oh, shit. Yeah, well, that's what at least in, in judo Christian and stuff like that. The horsemen coming is usually a bad sign, and, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you might well, think Well, yeah, I just I don't cool. really know Latin, so... No, I had to Google it. <laughs> but she it's... Gets kicked out of the battle, and then... She gets kicked out of the battle, or she ends up getting losing concentration because it seemed more of like a very physical astral projection or something creepy or magical. Uh, she is, after all, Raven, so it could be magical or astral projection. Uh, she's in the, the safe house, which is kind of like a sex dungeon in the sus, uh, sub basement, talking to some creepy smile locked behind a cage. <laughs> which. Dungeon. <laughs> you know, I maybe she's got something pierced. Maybe it's by the nipple ring of Osiris. Who the hell knows? Right. Uh, uh, side beast. Yep, it's just as I fear. The nightmares had come true. Where they, like the super Batman thing that, from the animated movie uh, Public Enemies, where mm -hmm. half 
Half of him is composite uh, Superman, Batman. Yes, thank you, thank you. Half of him is Beast Boy, half of him is Cyborg, and none of it works. Uh, <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Oh, I, uh, they they cancel out any of the good punchlines because Garfield takes a couple to get going because, well, you know, he's endearing. He's just not completely, you know. Garfield. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just. I, I hope that the. I hope that it ends up moving forward. Yeah, uh, Bunker, Crush, and Shazam trying to build a wall in Detroit. Detroit could definitely use more walls. Uh, they can keep out <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep out somebody. Uh, which hey, Detroit once again getting a defense. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they're trying to keep somebody out. They don't really. They don't really sense into it. And then you flash back. You see Red X trying to make out with people. Uh, Try making people chill off while there's a cocoon of. Uh, it looks like a, the movie Cocoon. Somebody glowing in one of those pods. Mm hmm. And uh, the next thing you see is Dickwing coming out to let out Red X out of a cell, and they're saying they're willing to do whatever it takes. The Titans uh, are dead, and I'm tired. I'm ready to win one. No matter what. Yeah, it I takes. said before it was a Deathstroke mask, it was a Red X mask. That's my bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, obviously, and very clearly, this is a Deathstroke mask that he's got on. I mean, it's a complete yeah. and total hybrid of Deathstroke and Nightwing. I yeah. dig it. I think it looks cool. I'm not exactly sure why. I'm sure in the next issue we'll get a flashback explaining it. Maybe not though. Um, maybe that's something we'll have to find out as 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 things move along in regular DC comics. Shoot, they probably don't even know. What did you give it, Jared? Well, it had so much going for it, but uh, the art really ended up breaking my heart. So the the highest I'm going to be able to give it, 5.3 dick wings out of 10. The art was utterly horrible. The storyline seems extremely well, and <laughs> I am looking forward to seeing where they're going with so much of it, but they haven't they haven't been able to get their hooks into me yet. They, it they is a lot to get into, man. I do look forward to, I am looking forward to Nightwing incorporating the, the Deathstroke persona and it is into his and everything because i believe him le going lethal uh as deathstroke would would be, be extremely entertaining really entertaining yeah oh red hood eats your heart out absolutely it's time for nasty dick <laughs> <laughs> where were you at with this one reed uh, well okay here's the thing there's lots of things to like about this issue you got the weird bat you've got a weird bat creature there's some strange guys there's lots of different people in there in like kind of alternate costumes so there's lots of like intriguing things it uh, here's how this comic came to be here i believe they they put on a whiteboard all right future state teen titans what do we got and someone was like oh what if like nightwing goes full deathstroke and they're like okay cool 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 cool, cool. and they put that on the board and then like I, I don't know if this is a thing already but like the beast boy cyborg mashup um, that seems like another death boy, uh, like a whiteboard um, notation. Yeah, All of these does. seem yeah, like ideas that they just threw in here, but they they didn't do anything with any of it. I mean, I, I would love to know when Beast Boy transforms, he turns into an animal. Is half of it robot? I would love to see that. I would have loved to see anyone in this comic actually do anything at all. 
I think everywhere else it was just fine. Like the art is like cool. I mean, you got a lot. Of, there, there's huge sweeping shots, so the scale is big. So, like you said, the detail is down a little bit, but I don't mind an you know an artisticness, you know, artistic interpretation here or there, because the scenes are big and there's lots of detail in the rubble and things of that nature. So it doesn't bother me uh, over much, but nothing happens. Um, so like this one gets a classic read rating. It's for sure a comic book. Six out of ten. I'm right there with you, Reed. I'm going to give this one a 6 out of 10, too. It's a busy, dense issue. It's got a lot of story crammed in so that it tries to give us all the pertinent details. There's a whole bunch of jumping back and forth between the current story and previous events to, again, try to make sure we get in all those details. Uh, I really like the art, actually, um, as opposed to Jared. I, I thought you know, there, was some few, there was a few panels where I would have liked to see a lot more detail used, but I liked it overall. I'm interested in finding out more about the past, and this crazy big fight that's coming, we're given a lot, but at the same time, we're not told what most of that is. So with that, um, yeah, I'm going to have to give it, it's a comic book, 6 out of 10. Even with gods and legendary heroes so far, we haven't escaped Earth. Well, except to the moon, but does that really count? Let's dive deep into space with our next book, right after this commercial break. And we're back. We're going to go into Future State Green Lantern. That's priced at $5.99 with a cover drawn by Clayton Henry and Marcelo Mialo. Consists of, it consists of the main story and two additional backups. This week, we get the first chapters of Last Lanterns, the main story throughout the arc, as well as the taking of Space Sector 0123 and The Book of Guy. First up is Last Lanterns, written by Jeffrey Thorne with art by Tom Rainey and Mike Atea. And man, does he make those colors pop. With the letters brought by End World Design. Read what is going on in The Last Lanterns. On a war-torn planet, a handful of unpowered lanterns, led by Jon Stewart, fight with the Shar, a, a, a cool blue-skinned, four-limbed race, uh, to buy the Shar enough time to load shuttles and escape their doomed homeworld. The planet is under attack and surrounded by a fleet of warships, uh, which are beginning a full-scale invasion with dropships falling from orbit. The enemy is the vanguard of the God in Red, a group of battle-obsessed warrior fanatics bent on conquesting blood. Hey, just out of curiosity, real quick, I know both of you guys are Marvel fans, so this should pop out to you real quick the way that it did for me. That first shot of those guys, did that not? Did that dude not look like Thanos? Did, I mean, I thought I, yes. I thought I was looking yes. at Thanos. No, it's it's a race of Thanoses. I, I mean, they're death obsessed lunatics that bent on killing and shedding blood. They, this is like they all have like silver gauntlets. This these are Thanoses. I'm saying it, they definitely. I mean, especially not so much in their faces after that very 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 first panel, but that first panel, man, I was like, holy shit, is that Thanos? <laughs> Anyway, they're purple angry dudes. Purple the Amagram universe. <laughs> the Amagram, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the team fights on. So we've got three. We've got three boys on the ground. We've got um, John Stewart. We've got oh, shoot. I had it written down somewhere. We've got um, the that dog boy and and Tog or some shit. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up. <laughs> I thought I had it in here. Oh man, Jared used to know all these off the top of his head way back in the day. That man. was that was in my first draft. Not, I don't know these boys. These not are, these uh, ones. Yeah, are these like real ones or are these ones they just pulled out? Oh, I'm not even on. 
Uh, yeah, the like, the red dude that looks like that looks like a sea cucumber said. Sakar. Yeah, he's right? a, he's That's... an alpha. Yeah, I remember Sakaar, him as an alpha. Yeah. I don't remember like there is. I haven't. I remember him as an alpha lantern. The 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 dog boy when he had his his Nort. Yeah, his he had a green collar or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was red. He was like totally red. He's like a weird dog man. Yeah. Before. But it's That's what it seeing without the uniform. Yeah, so they're they're out of uniform. They look I, I I John's look is dope as heck. He looks like um speaking of Marvel, he looks like Bishop. He's he's he weathered. does. He's he got a really tail. does. Yeah. He's got and Bishop's one of my one of my dudes. He's got like he's got a lightsaber, but it is a literal saber made of light. It's in the shape of a saber, yeah. which I thought was not not just a big not just a big long light pole, but it's like a literal lightsaber. <laughs> yes, it looks like a saber made of light. It looks like I pity the fool that messes with me. <laughs> also, also, I'm getting very strong uh, Idris Elba vibes here. So, yeah, John Stewart, you, Green Lantern. You and me both. Please. Yeah. Make that happen. Okay, so they're surrounded. They're totally screwed. Most of the shuttles have gone off, but everyone else, the, the army that was fighting and the, the uh, unpowered lanterns uh, are fleeing underground, but they know it's just a matter of time because the, the big bads arrive and surround them and Nort is stabbed in the back, and that's it. What was going to become of these lanterns, the Shar people? Can they survive? What will become? Tune in next time for The God in Red. <laughs> All right, next up is The Digging of Space Sector 0123. Written by Ryan Cady with art by Sam Basri and Hi-Fi with letters by Dave Sharp. This one is all about Jessica Cruz. She has officially become my favorite Green Lantern. I am sorry, Kyle, but it has to go. Um, I'm breaking up with you. He, at one time in the future, was assigned to Space Sector 0123. The Guardians fell, and with them, the power of all the Green Lanterns, which is why John in the previous story and Guy in the next one don't have their powers. Sinestro's Yellow Lanterns are currently making a move to take up the void left behind from the Green Lanterns, and that's where we find Jessica. A squad of Yellow Lanterns has shown up to where Cruz is, and she's calm, cool, collected, and one hell of a scrapper. She makes quick work of two Yellow Lanterns without powers. I mean, that says that Jessica Cruz has become a badass. I mean... No, she dope as hell. She, she, she dope as hell. She's dope as hell for sure, dude. She she's is way past her anxiety. She, it, she still focuses on it, but she has conquered it. I just don't think she's realized it yet. There is one yellow lantern left. Lissa Drack. That is Sinestro's most trusted lieutenant, who also happens to have the words of the Book of Parallax inscribed on her skin. So she's a scary character, guys. Jessica kicks her ass. And then, lo and behold, one of the rings that she collected from the lanterns she took down earlier actually selects her as a new Yellow Lantern. I thought this story um, was awesome. <laughs> well, okay, here's, here's my thing. So it looks, in the very final shot, it looks like she's holding one ring. But if you look in the previous one, both rings are speaking. Oh. I, so I don't know if that means anything. I don't know if that means anything. But right before the, the green ring falls to the ground, they're both lit up. They are. Holy crap. And then she has one. Did they fuse? Did they become one? Yeah, because the ring? necklace is gone and the Green Lantern ring drops. Yep. 
So I mean, perhaps, she's holding the battery, or the, uh, is that, is that a battery? The, yeah, the, that's the basically the battery. That's their recharge yeah. lantern. It operates the same way that the old-fashioned green lantern does. Yeah, so she's holding both, so maybe that's lending, like, that's just powering up the other one, but this, I, I don't mean to cut in before your wrap-up here, but oh, no, this, that's got fine. Me, this got me pumped. I, yeah, it me too, like man. This character. Looks like it rejected the green ring because she succeeded to fear. Like being a master of overcoming fear, which is a good thing for uh, Green Lanterns. But if she's a master of fear, that would make her a very powerful Yellow Lantern as well. That's very true. In line to walk. Yeah. Isn't that the same the same thing that happened to Sinestro, basically? Yes. It is. And, and it also, only started oh, to no, yell. No, no, no. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't make no. And it started. Don't make Jessica Cruz turn bad. <laughs> and it only talked to her when she overcame, oh. when she became a master of fear. But let's back up a little bit to, uh, what's her I'm name? I'm so sad now. Lissa Drack. Lisa? Lisa. Lisa. She's a, she is a, she is a space Elvira that looks like a professional wrestler. She's got the little. Little tight parts on with a cape and the Elvira top on. You don't need also dip as hell. Not complaining or anything like that, but that's gonna dry off some trying to get any female uh, readers in there because you don't have to make everybody look like a space hooker. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Unless NASA, unless you know something that we don't know, and if that's where it's going, we're looking forward to the the three-breasted woman at the bar. (laughs) <laughs> I okay so normally I would agree with you but at the same time yeah. her vibe is pretty is pretty like Morticia Adams yeah uh, she does at, have at, a very at, at a uh, at a cabaret so that's like her whole vibe because she she's got that dope ass power that when she like ubers up you can see the writing everywhere so it's like that uh, that uh, one <sighs> I don't know the name oh, never mind. Um, but it, you could, it just exposes, you know, kind of more of that. And that's scary. That's some scary shit to see. It's kind of like that, like we were, t- we just talked about in Dick Tracy, uh, the Madonna character, Breathless Mahoney. She kind of uses, like, uses her sexuality as a weapon almost. And it just like. Strategically, to, like, right. To put you off balance. And then, 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 you, that, so then you're like distracted. And then she's got letters. And then she hits you with a giant centipede construct that is like bringing up all your worst childhood fears. Boom. It's a great one two punch. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is The Book of Guy, written by Ernie Altbacker, with art by Clayton Henry and Marcelo Mallow. And they really take their time to shine in this one with Steve Wands on the lettering. Jared, tell us all about The Book of Guy. First, I want to thank you so much for. Give me the book of Guy because you remember that I had a strong feeling towards him, but you mistaken uh, like for utter, utter hatred because I am oh. an Harden Ohio State fan, and oh, he that's was right. U of that's, M. That's right. Oh my God, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> Whoops, my bad, my friend. <laughs> well, you, you remember something. Well, it opens up. Uh, it opens up with guy floating around. Uh, he he his ring is still working, so I was like, okay. It kind of threw me for a threw me a little bit confused because okay, John and Jessica's ring ain't working. How is? Yeah, I, I think how that is this guys? is. I think well, this is happening right before everything goes yeah. out. Yeah. Well, obviously. I didn't know that as I was going along. Right. Uh, he's getting a call from Chip, or however you pronounce it. It looks like Chip, this little squirrel lantern guy. Uh. They, they, they talk back and forth. They're obviously familiar with each other because you don't know how they redid everything after the multiverse did whatever it does. Every, everything matters. Yeah. 
Well, some things, I don't know. You know, some things are going to have to happen to go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Because if everything matters, contradictory things happen. This person died, this person lived, you know. Well, they died so and came back. Get... They both happened. Uh, rock on. Guys flying around to the planet uh, Verlin in sector 0345. He, he happened to be the closest one, and Chip says, hey, well, you're, you're going to go there. But they, It's his they, fault. Oh, he was out flying around in space on his way to the damn bar, you know? Let the man go to Warrior's Bar and have himself a beer. Look what happened. You don't want him to go dark side, because you remember him as a Red Lantern? He was still an ass. <laughs> yeah, with the Red Lantern power. <laughs> uh, I See, before I knew that the ring was going to come out, I thought they were just pushing for him being awesome. So I was like, somehow his transla- universal translator is still going on. So he's able to land. He lands on uh, Rurland, and uh, he's trying to dispute uh, two warring sides over this hunk of metal that's in the ground. And he put makes a construct of a wall separating the two sides, each of them calling the other one heretics. And... Yep. Reaches down uh, and grabs what turns out to be freaking space metal. Just it's junk, garbage. right? It's garbage. It's just crap. And these people are sitting there fighting over it like it's some kind of like serious message from the gods' religious artifact. And they anybody that wants... the, the something that the other person doesn't want as a heretic. These people are constantly at war for this shit. That's ridiculous, man. <laughs> and if you take... I guess they are primitive, though. If you look at the piece yeah. of garbage, well, then, it looks... If you look at the, the... When it's center frame, it looks like it's one of those things that we did send out in space that gave our direction to which which solar system would be where our planet is. Because you can see it's got a picture of a man and it looks like water on top of it and stuff. So it would be like the side of... One of those things we put up yeah. in space in the 80s when during Reagan time. Oh, geez. Well, should have known we were going to come back Boy, and have that bite us in the ass. We, we, actually sent out, um, we actually sent out pictures and shit with detailed maps on how to find us in the star system, the star system that we knew. And we sent out, in addition mm-hmm. to that, we also sent out vital records. I'm not making that up. It was vinyl records and a picture map. Not vinyl. Yes. Uh, they are records, but they are gold. Because records. gold don't de- don't They're deteriorate. Gold. The more you know. No, yeah, so it's just space junk, but I, I this is this this part was a little confusing because I thought that this was some sort of value judgment. I wasn't kind of like paying attention that this is when all the rings went out. I thought that his ring like choosing because he was like yelling at them and like being i don't know uncourageous or something I, that's why i thought his ring turned off until i read it again and i'm like okay this is where he yeah. it just happens to be here yeah because yeah, this is typical guy he's just a douchebag it's, it's that's that's guy yes. you know them fan or not he calls both sides idiot with a planet-wide iq of zero which i do find i will most likely be using that sometime uh, <laughs> in the future in the future <laughs> yeah and uh he picks up the quote-unquote relic from the wind walker and it says it's a piece of garbage then uh okay the ring died and he goes crashing into the shed that's when you, that's when he picks up the space garbage well when the ring died the interpreter died so now he doesn't know how to talk to anybody which right. you can see well, if you think about it, he's on a foreign land. He doesn't know how to talk to anybody, so he's so it's immediately implicating that he's going to have to try to learn a language with no bridge whatsoever. There's no common 
dialect that ends up going to their origin. So it's going to be extremely difficult. And you can see his progression throughout the thing. Uh, yeah, you get one it, years later, five years APT after Prophet Guy. <laughs> I love that. Made large birds excrement in your wife's pie. That's brilliant writing right there. That's mwah. He uh, says, if my word's dangerous, ask questionings. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive us, prophet guy. Oh, jeez. He's, yeah, so he's, he's on there, there for, what, 25-plus years, man? Wow. Yeah, people, yeah, people ended up dying because years. they didn't like grape jelly because he said grape jelly is the only type of jelly worth having. So if you didn't, if you didn't like grape jelly, if you, a different jelly was your favorite, you got killed. Yeah, because you're a heretic. Sl- Slap my ass and call me Crowley. That was delicious, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> he promised no no more yeah. uh, late yes. nights at the bar after that one. <laughs> I did love his beer poncho. But the uh, the twenty he goes out to the twenty five years uh, was it after Prophet Guy. Yeah, ABG it's a weird after damn Prophet damn Guy. Thing. <laughs> yeah. That's just messed he up. Made, you know he, you know damn well he made up his own calendar. That came from Guy. <laughs> yes. Uh, but he helped him in ways that he was familiar with. He, he you know, taught him how to be able to be able to recognize the weather weather patterns, irrigation systems, be able to predict crop growth. Uh, he helped brought an end to violence because although I don't like him or his character or anything like that, at, at heart he is a Green Lantern and he does – although it's pride that leads his way to be able to be a good, good Green Lantern, he is – a good For the Green best Lantern. part, a good Green Lantern. Not, not gonna, not gonna hang out with him after the bar at the, was a Hunter's Bar or whatever the heck it is, uh, Warriors. Warriors Bar. Yeah, uh, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so he he helps he helps the people that he's stuck with who is revering him as a prophet. So uh, as long as he's as long as he's alive and doesn't prove himself wrong, then. They they allow they treat him, you know, like a, a king or a god or anything. And they, but the thing or thing, yeah, the I mean, he, he invents, he invents the foosball them, you know? table, which they said the people are not ready for. Yeah, <laughs> right. Look, that I mean, is great. He he crash lands on a planet. He instantly loses the ability to translate, and over the course of the next twenty five plus years, he takes two primitive warring societies. And he turns them into civilizations. You see things, you see buildings in the background that remind you of, like, the Aztecs and whatnot. And, I mean, he has really pulled this together. Guy, I can't stand him. I hate Guy. That's why I made sure somebody else reviewed him. <laughs> I was going to try and not throw shade on the character, but um, I did, I did myself dirty, apparently. You did yourself dirty, apparently. <laughs> but in any case, I mean like him or hate him you got to respect what this character has done over the course of 25 plus years he he like he he took them into civilization and then he brought world peace yeah he i really feel like his approach he brought you know he brought world peace indoor toilets he invented beer my only thing is he put a lot of energy into foosball. That sh- if that a energy pizza, was yeah, me, i would put that sure. right in pizza <laughs> stone well, ovens he, man <laughs> I think he lived. He tried living up to the title of prophet, and uh, at the very end, uh, er- everyone's getting along. Everyone's what getting ha- along, and everything like that. One person becomes a heretic by saying the book of Guy is wrong, and intro the man Lobo. Yeah, the worst thing that could possibly happen when everything is almost perfect. 
Lobo is the is the answer to the worst thing that could possibly happen when, and that's the end of the statement. <laughs> Things going right, Lobo. Fuck. Things going wrong, Lobo. Fuck. All right. So <laughs> overall, you guys, the the book guy, what'd you think? Was it good? Bad? Ugly? I loved it. Read. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's an interesting premise. Guy, guy is a, a good person to put in this situation where he has to like, you know, work on his feet. So I thought that that right. that part of it was was pretty interesting. It, it didn't. I don't think I could have used like one. I mean, there was one bubble. He was like, "I'll, I guess I'll adhere to my ring boots back up." But he literally never touches on it again. I could have used it like one All more right. bubble about the ring that, didn't, but, um, didn't uh, power back up, so it didn't reboot. So there was nothing more to really add. <laughs> right. Yet. All right. Where were you guys at with the last lantern? Yeah. Uh, last lanterns. I, I, I thought this story was a little bit too long. Um, I, I think I would have loved to give some of the pages from Last Lantern to taking of uh, Sector Zero One Two Three. Um, but I thought the action was cool, like the the web seeing them use like uh, regular like weapons and like beam swords and stuff like that. It was gory. There was lots going on. I, it was a lot of fun. It wasn't great. I should have been shorter, but it was fun. Jared, uh, I thought he, I thought it was a sprocking good show of John's military form. <laughs> he delivered uh, the baseline of the character, which is not really much that emotion or anything like that, but it tried to be inspiring uh, and. Here's why he had been a terrible fit on the Book of Guy thing because that laid the entire planet to be militarized yeah, rather than uh, trying to come up with peace. So I think <laughs> for his for his character without the powers and everything, I he did good. I enjoy, I enjoyed it. And the middle story taking a space sector one two three. I think it's pretty obvious that was our favorite this week out of the three stories in this book. Oh, absolutely. Chef's Kiss. This is a masterpiece. I liked all the characters. I love all their, their whole vibes and aesthetic. Uh, Ugg-1 has an eyeball where her mouth is and her mouth's where her eyes are. <laughs> dope, dope design. Super love easy. it. Love to see it. Uh, Jessica, Drew, or Jessica Cruz. I keep wanting to say Jessica Drew, speaking <laughs> right. of Marvel. Um, Jessica Cruz kicks ass with an atomic axe. I'm loving to see where this arc goes. Uh, this is the one of the future state stories I'm most excited to see. Absolutely. Um, as far as Last Lantern goes, I mean, I'm just not enough of a John Stewart fan to appreciate the story. There wasn't anything bad there. I thought it was kind of obvious that Jeffrey Thorne either served in the military or he's a military fan um, with some of the dialogue and the choices that were used in the action scenes. Um, but this is an army story, not a lantern story. It was definitely different. The art was okay. It's drawn well. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my kind of style. As far as as far as Jessica Cruz goes, man, Chef's Kiss, holy shit! You could have really said as a single issue that would have been nine point seven five, man. Give me four right? more of those. She's being Sigourney Weaver, like on a space station alone, crawling through vents and shit. The cherry on and top is her doing the superhero pose with the atomic axe. Yeah, he's, he's going to cool. do the superhero landing. <laughs> you can hear Ryan Reynolds saying I'm that. Gonna, we're going to hit that back later on at the end of the podcast. The, and then with the book of the with the book of guy, it was basically so guy goes out for a drink at his favorite bar and turns into a messiah for an alien planet. And after a long time, he's got near perfection until Lobo shows up. That was the story. Um, I just don't like guy. 
he's my least favorite Green Lantern, even though he's got some good stories. Here, this was cool to see the way that they used him. The art, for me, was similar to the first story, and again, nothing wrong, just not my favorite style. I gave it a, altogether, I gave this a 7 out of 10. What did you guys think? Well, I, uh, I went a little higher than you. I, I particularly liked the art. Uh, I, I like the storyline. I like being able to get to the, 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 the lantern that's underneath the ring and the, the battery and everything. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, although it didn't have uh, all my favorites in there. I, I, do, I do love Jessica, so she's, she's great for story development. John can take a lead, but yeah, you need him for a strong back, but you get to get down to who they are besides the ring. So I gave that uh, eight and one quarter you know, lantern rings out of ten. <laughs> eight and one quarter chipmunk lantern yes, rings. Yes, amen. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I agree. That I, I had a lot of fun with this. You know, and a lot of these multi-story issues, the first story is the main focus. And the other stories are just like little quick bites. But I felt like this one each had a lot of story, but I kind of wish we would have gotten like in in the issues we'll get to later with that are half and half. I feel like we could have done that a little bit more equal distribution sure. because while the first uh, uh, the last lantern was OK, I, I think they were kind of pushing that one. Whereas, I would, like I said earlier, I would love to see more of the, the Jessica Cruz storyline here. Um, I think the art is um, great across the board, but that the that middle one, that middle story is certainly the standout is there yeah. as well. Um, if, if you like Green Lantern stuff, definitely pick this one up. Uh, 7.5. I, uh, I think that the middle story probably should have taken the place of the first story just based on quality. But Jon Stewart is a huge, yeah. huge fan favorite. 100%. So I can't... I can't blame them for putting that, that in. I love that look. It is cool. That that bishop look. I I I always enjoy I always enjoy heroes when they're off their game. So depowered uh, Green Lanterns where they can't solve everything by just flying there and just being yeah. like a big dump truck and scooping up mm -hmm. the bad guys. This it, it's a cool it's a yeah, cool. They're not he's got the they're marine heroes. attitude still of he's got the marine attitude still of well I ain't got powers no more but I'm still gonna give everything I got to, you know, I'm going to sacrifice myself here until he finds out, hey, well, you ain't got to do that just yet. Right. And the Green Lanterns are all known for such differing, strong personalities. That's what we have coming up next, featuring Tim Drake as Robin, Spoiler, and Darcy, a former, a former We Are Robin member in Future State Robin Eternal. Priced at $3.99, written by Megan Fitzmartin, with art by Eddie Barrows, Ebar Friera, and Adriana Lucas. Pat Brizzo did the letters with a cover from Daniel Warren Johnson and Emanuela Lupatino. Jared, what's new with Robin? Well, once again, I want to start off on the cover, which I'm assuming in a couple months or so in the lower left-hand corner where it says issue one, it's going to end up being a rating system for a video game because that's what it looks like we have marketed here. Tell me you don't it see like cool, a PS, PS5 or Xbox, you know, whatever over the corner. Yes, it looks good. Uh, it does look they cool. kind of drew Robin to look like uh, Nightwing from the Titans show, like in facial he, features and stuff. He does look like that. You're right. Uh, um, Reed wouldn't know because <laughs> he's shaking his head. You guys can't see him, but uh, Reed wouldn't know because he doesn't watch Titans. But he's right. It does look a lot like. Oh, and you're I forget the guy's name. Um, but uh, uh, Brandon something. But in any case, yeah, you're right. 
Uh, it does look like it. The art inside is definitely just as striking as the cover. Yes. You can't uh, argue that. <laughs> I like that style. Uh, I like the style that it's drawn in. When they had the domino mask on, for some reason, they get the Undertaker's eyes. Right. <laughs> I, I kind of like that because then you don't know where they're looking or whatever. It'd be great during poker. I am personally one of those comic book fans that prefer it when the eyes do go white when a mask is on. I don't think we should be able to see the pupils. I think it takes away from the, the look of the mask, and it, it, it just looks a whole lot cleaner when the uh, eye holes are white. Not my eye holes. <laughs> <laughs> the part that threw me off was a little bit is I wasn't familiar with Rob or Tim, Tim Drake having the yellow ball CGI removed from a, uh, from a movie or something like that look upon him where he's in camo mode. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we were looking at like a picture of him from a thermal camera or if this was supposed to be him. The thought did pass my mind that it was a cloaking device of some sort, and that's the way that it looked. Well, that could be a thermal. That could be a thermal camera from the. If you look at the bottom of the page, it's got the oh, what I call the 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 machine from the magistrate. The magibots. Yeah, the Metrobots. So they got they got hooves, to four fingers, lasers for titties. You know, it's <laughs> it, it, it's going predator mode on on uh, on Tim there. Absolutely, uh, it sure is. And apparently, when Tim moves, he loses the ability to hide himself. Yes, which I'd be working on that. I'd be working on that. Get somebody on that. I know. Yeah. Him. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we yeah, don't yeah. have an Alfred, we don't have a Lucius Fox, we don't have an Endless Bankroll anymore, so, I mean, we're... There's, on there's other smart as, people. There's, well, yeah, but it's not as easy as it once was, you know, and it costs money. Something that they don't have anymore. Enter the splash page that answers all the questions that I literally just had uh, for, like, who is this and everything, because I didn't, I didn't know it was Tim Drake, and I didn't know it was Robin in camo mode. I just seen what looked like the Predator hunting. That's a pretty cool splash page. Yeah, we learned that the shadowy henchman was someone working for the magist was a robot working for the magistrate. We learned Man, that he Dick- doesn't look like a little robot either. That's a big, damn thing. Yeah, that's a yeah, sentinel. yeah, oh, like yeah. a sentinel exactly. A Mark forty seven sentinel. And yeah, no, that's not the sure. Lazarus. That's not the Lazarus one. <laughs> uh, the, like a Mark forty seven one. The, the splash page. We don't like robots we, here. No. Well, well, Reed actually does like giant robots, but I'll come. <laughs> but we're not robots. All right. No. <laughs> and we're also not Robin. There is we are Robin though. Yes. Uh, we learned that we learned we catch up some of the bar, the Bat family. We learned that Dick is ranting and raving in Arkham. Uh, Jason betrayed all of us. Uh, betrayed the entire Bat family, and he's working for the people that killed Bruce, which I'm assuming is going to be a it's the magistrate. Yes, I know it's the magistrate, but I'm saying it's. I, I think that's going to end up being him just trying to get close, you know, keep your friends. I hope so. I hope I so, hope Don't so do my too. Boy dirty like that. No kidding. I voted. Red hey, Hood is the man. Yeah. I'm going on record. I voted to keep him alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's all on y'all, man. Don't do him like that. <laughs> I mean, well, he mentions Damien, and then he kind of just leaves as a mystery at that. But he's pondering if he's enough to be able to take on the magistrate with all all them along his side. He throws out a grenade at this big monster robot, and big boom, Magibot 
grabs Robin as if nothing happened. He's looking around like, what the hell's going on? The next panel down, you hear a shunk. Something didn't hit the robot, and it was a cannon fire from Stephanie, ready to put the smack down on the Magabot. This is the first time we've seen spoiler since uh, Bruce's death. Tim uh, realizes that it was kind of a douche move, so he tries changing the subject, stating that there's incoming shipment that's going to help make the cybers unbeatable. We learned that the grenade that he threw earlier was an EMP grenade, and it did nothing to him against a robot. That's, that's our defense line so if that's not gonna do anything <laughs> good that's god scary. that's that's really scary <laughs> yes uh, terminator written all over that you don't start that or the matrix at least <laughs> stephanie points out that he could have died he can't fight the robot in his camo because he's got to take the, the extra power that goes to the cloaking device and put it to, for his shock absorbers so he can withstand the hits and stuff yeah you don't have no superpowers yeah, but the fact that he's got to, you know, I got to take the power from there. I just I felt a Star Trek. He make it so, number one. Right. She says she can't help because she doesn't want to see anybody she loves die, uh, which is heartbreaking because she's seen people, you know, anytime you got that, you know, you, you get heartbreak watching mm -hmm. someone you love die. Well, he's still going to go out there by himself and do it because, well, he's fucking tim drake right. she exits tim knows he's like i know someone else in cub but she's not gonna like it i'm assuming that she didn't like it judging from the next panels uh he's talking about darcy who is sitting at a looks like a medial job uh at the magistrate office and waiting on a very rude customer um mm -hmm. And he's mocking her hearing aid and she 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 turned it off so she didn't have to hear him be an ass uh, Tim Can't shows blame her. Can't no, blame her. every single right. You don't get a right to talk to nobody like that. All right, and for those of you guys that don't know, Darcy is a former We Are Robin member, just like Duke Thomas, the Signal. She was a part of that team, and she is deaf, so that she relies completely on her hearing aid. She can turn it way up. It's high tech, not super high tech, but it's high tech. Um, she can turn it off, and. Uh, that's both a uh, boon and a curse, as it turns out. Yeah, Tim shows up with a coffee, tells the goo that was being a douche, hey man, you're being a douche, knock it off, kind of distracts him for a little bit, and she, like a boss, just gets up and walks... Walks the fuck out. Walks, <laughs> walks up, grabs the coffee. You know, she grabbed the coffee first, didn't even give the customer, the, to get the rude guy a second glance. I'm on my break. Yep. <laughs> Respect. And then Tim gives her a mild panic attack by holding out these green microscope slides that she immediately recognizes as uh, Lazarus Pit resin, which, if you can recognize that by just a picture of a slide, you might be a member of the Bat family. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so apparently this Lazarus resin... It's liquid that's been siphoned from the Lazarus Pit by the League of Assassins, and they are using it to like genetically infuse these experimental enhancements that they've made to these uh, magistrate cyborgs, and they're supposed to make them pretty much immortal. There's at least four to five 80 sci-fi movies that tell you that's a bad idea. Ain't that the truth, man. I mean, <laughs> at least four or five. Hell, there's like six or seven Terminator movies that say, it's a bad idea. I mean, liquid terminators come the fuck on. You don't want to do franchise. That. <laughs> no. Darcy says that I'm risking everything just by telling you this. Ask your family for more help. There's not a whole lot of help from the Bat family. There's not a, much of a Bat family left. 
Yeah. She agrees to join him flying around chest to chest, which you have to admit utterly looks ridiculous. Batman gets a whole bunch of cool toys and all the movies and stuff like that. And Nightwing and Darcy, they they go flying around with life jackets with have rockets on it. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty wild look. It's a pretty wild look to see them jetting up to this thing in the sky, like attached, literally chest to chest. <laughs> He's got strange. some kind of like like okay, so you know what maglock boots are, right? Maglock boots. Yeah. Um, th- that you uh, people wear when they're building skyscrapers and oh, stuff yeah. that stick it. Uh-huh. I'm, it's, this is like a maglock version of the rocketeer jetpack that's that's what it that's what it looks like to me like they're held together by a magnet and that just screams rocketeer jetpack to me it even has little fins on the side i thought i thought you were i I thought you were going for a maglock (laughs) maglock boobs you you took the higher (laughs) gem and a scholar i feel bad about taking so i'm down there i don't know what i wrote (laughs) today baby so they're flying off, and like we mentioned, they uh, they they meet up with Spoiler. It's a little rough at first. Then what happens? They run into a huge cypher, uh, immune to the Spoiler's cannon, uh, due to they've been perfected by the Lazarus resin. Uh, so Tim does what Tim does. He goes all Chuck Norris on that mother, and uh, during that uh, time frame, he falls into resin because, well, he wore the title of Robin. That means you're doomed. Yeah, ma'am. He didn't just fall into it. You he, you see, it, I mean, the way that his face is drawn, I mean, obviously, he feels like he's about to die in this little panel. And then in this other one, his head is cocked at such an angle, and the word crack is so huge. You can tell damn well Tim just died. Tim, yeah, his neck why got they, broken. Why they always gotta kill this guy? Huh? Bums me out. I don't he's know wearing why. a robin on his chest. Future state. That's yeah, it's a target. Future state dead again, dead again. baby. Well, luckily he ended up landing in a uh, liquid uh, Lazarus pit because they they air quotes but, luckily. Yeah, because uh, that that always works out for the best. <laughs> and what do you know? He rides up. He states, "Round one is done." Cracks his neck. He says. Round two. He cracks his legs too. You see it, his leg like snapping back together. Crack, pop, pop. Yes. He was, he was, he was fucked up, man. <laughs> this is a pretty, br- this is a pretty brutal. It scene, really is. Yeah. But then that bottom panel, that bottom panel when he says round two, dude, that looks That's kick spooky. ass. That's it really did. What'd you think of it all together? I absolutely love the Robin mythology. If the only fault I ever have with it is the fact that it's tied to Batman. The art was phenomenal. The storyline was great. I give this seven and a half. No other nickname for it, but pure Robins out of ten. Uh, and I'm eagerly looking forward to what happens when the brilliant mind of Tim Drake gets resurrected and perverted by the Lazarus Pit, because After Effects, it changes everybody. And this isn't just Lazarus Pit juice. This is this is this stuff is that's resin. been altered. Yeah, I mean, it's been messed with and, and experimented on, so we really don't know what it's going to do to Tim. No, it's, It could drive him mad. It could do... That's a good point. He could become the anything. next supervillain. He really could, and I hope he don't. No, he's I hope he don't. That either, enough. He's been he's been Drake. used <laughs> right. Yeah. He's been used enough. Don't turn him into Wally West for crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
for me, guys, uh, the art was stand out. I loved every second of it. Both Tim and Stephanie talk and act perfect. Tim gets the short end of the stick quite often at DC, and it looks like he just picked that stick up, and he's ready to beat somebody to death with it. He died, and now he's come back to life, and he is powered up, so I am all for it, man. Not perfect. There were some issues, but altogether, 8 out of 10. Reed, where did you land with this one? Um, I'm kind of right there with you, uh, because I was torn. The visuals are great, but it's kind of it's weird, because at night, the visuals are amazing, mm-hmm. but like in the one or two daylight scenes, it was kind of washed out and strange. That aside, I loved all the designs. I loved like the thermal ca- or the camouflage. I loved the look of um, Huntress and um, Robin. And uh, spoiler, I think everything was cool. The the Lazarus robots were cool. I'm interested to see where this goes. Um, but it was, it was like, it kind of drug, it, it, it dragged down a little bit in the middle. So it did get I was, I was hyped and then I got and got bored and then I was like, Oh, now here we go again. So for that, I, this one is coming at, at a 7.25 out of 10. All right. Well, there was exceptional character representation here with Tim. And I love that as somebody that I know really well, so it's easy for me to pick up on. And it's very important to me that it's done well with somebody I know so good. It's also important to me when I'm getting to know new people. And there is a whole brand new team coming your way in the next book. Justice priced at $5.99 with the cover by Dan Mora. The story and art are by various talents. We'll list those individually. Future State Justice League will feature the main story with a backup story for Justice League Dark. The first one, Justice League, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Robson Roca, Daniel Enriquez, and Romulo Fiardo Jr., with letters by Tom Napolitano. This story is set in a future where the original Justice League disbanded and set up a new charter Justice League in its place, with some rules. This time, though, there are those rules that have been set up in place to make sure that the league doesn't get out of hand or out of character again. At this point in time, the plan so far has worked. Everything is kept truly professional, and the future is looking pretty bright, to be honest. Batman has saved Gotham, Superman stepped in for his dad without missing a beat, and the rest all seem to be far better at their individual jobs than their predecessors. So way to go, new guys. The big bads here are not the Legion of Doom. Uh, they do make an appearance at the very beginning of the story, but it's actually the Hyper Clan, reaching all the way back to 1997. They are a team of super-powered white Martians. Protex, Amortal, Armac, Fluxus, Primade, Tronix, Zenturion, and Zoom have appeared. They've not just shown up, but they've taken out the individual members of the Justice League acting together. Being shapeshifters, these guys are just going to slip into the identities of their heroes. The dynamic between the characters works really good in this issue, and you've got me. I am into the story. There's a, there's a lot of potential to leave strings untied, though. Fortunately, we saw that with Williamson doing that in the Flash run a lot, uh, so I hope we don't get that here. The art is spot on for a Justice League book. I'm going in a little cynical, but so far so good. What did you guys think? I, I liked the way they were drawn. Uh, Yara made a, a great Wonder Woman uh, John made a, a great Superman. Uh, they're kicking butt. Uh, I, I kind of want to see, did I miss something on the reason why Flash thought that Aquaman and Miro would be upset with their daughter hanging out with someone from a different Earth? 
because the Justice League set up specific rules that they were not to interact on a per- personal level in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, but he's a Flash. So no, he's not going to follow that stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got a point. I mean, how many reboots doesn't were, follow rules? How many reboots were just because of Barry alone? Truth. <laughs> Reed, where were you at with it? I love this new direction, and I, I'm loving these the, the kind of this new Justice League, League. There's there's all kind of stuff. I I like all the new characters. I'm excited. Aqua Woman. Okay, yes, heck yes. Um, and I just it, it's at this point now that we've been through a couple of these where these are great ideas, and I love it, and it's a super bold direction. But I would have loved to got to some of these points organically. Just give me this storyline. I, I, I'm starting to get, like, at this point, kind of embittered because I'm loving all of this, and then it's just going to be taken away. It very well may not be, wait. though. Like, like we've been I, saying I know here, I, we're well, looking at we're, – we're essentially a focus group. And if we buy these yes. issues, as comic fans, if we buy these issues, if we encourage these stories, if we encourage these storylines, then they are going to start tailoring the universe toward those or – they are going to just continue releasing those. Like we mentioned earlier, there's going to be more the new, the next Batman written by John Ridley, not just a totally separate story arc. It's continuing on. So we may well, I, get more. What do we need to buy in order well, to get okay, some more then. Bendis? How much do we need to buy what? Because well, I'll, I'll win the lottery try to go every, towards everything. Every, everything, <laughs> well, everything that's not. All got right, then, listeners. It. Here, here's what I'll say about it. Here's what I'll have to say. We've got, we've got some fancy people following us on Twitter. Hopefully, they listen to the show. So, if you're out there, these are cool storylines. I love this. Get like, tell your folks, give me some more of this. Make movies out of some of this shit. This is great. Absolutely. Um, I love it. My only fear is that I'm just afraid that they're going to take it away from me. So I'm, I, I love, I like this, uh, and I'm interested to see where this is all going. I don't know anything about White Martians, nothing, but I'm interested to see where it goes. Yara Flora uh, will I, live on in a TV show, regardless. Oh, okay, good. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> um, but yeah, thumbs up on this. So that's the bright side of things. Now, why don't we take a trip over to the dark side? Written by Ram V with art by Marcia Takara and Marcial Mal. Letters by Bob Lee. Reed, take us through it. It is a dark and twisted future state we're seeing here. Um, there's a big bad that's come to town, and like they ha- often do, they're swallowing up all of the bastions of magic, all of Earth's defenders, and trying to take things over. This time, in a, in a twist, we've got Merlin is the big bad. And he's got some uh, creepy troopers going around and burning people up. Um, so we've got uh, Zatanna and we've got Detective Chimp on, on the case. They're moving through this wasteland and they see a burnt up angel. And then in, in kind of like a couple, in, in a twist of a couple of different twists in this one that really took me, Bobo chance does the chant and my boy is etrigan he's got he's got he's got etrigan two of Um, two of reed's favorite dc comics wrapped up into one oh yeah (laughs) we're getting them all we're we're closing them all in etrigan is here and of course if we're doing a merlin story that makes sense why etrigan's on the scene his brother um, but he refuses to take action. So he's saying, please stop. Su- you can't quit summoning me. I can't do anything because, you know, this is my brother. 
but they need help regardless and they find this amulet they take it to someone who they think can uh, be of help uh reluctant as though he may be it is is it rory rand is that the name rory reagan reagan, reagan. rory reagan. reagan yes rory reagan your boy uh ragman <laughs> ragman so they go to him for help and uh he's got the suit he hasn't put it on in this dark sp- spooky future um but eventually they convince him they're surrounded and guys this new ragman uh, is crazy uh, Etrigan gives him a soul crazy. to power it and um at one point they say what kind of soul did you give him because <laughs> it is a monstrous looking rag he definitely man. looks demonic man that's that he, what is up with those freaking teeth <laughs> oh, i don't know it's a, it's a stylistic choice and it's very bombastic and i love it i do so too. um eventually they um track down the two other remaining members uh, of the of the well of uh, the league john and uh madame xanadu at i believe the oblivion bar um, and they have been trying to work something out, but it keeps coming up weird. And they've just been given one task to protect this weird old hermit who's got the future in a can. Um, Etrican, as soon as he sees it, realizes what it is, and it's all part of this scheme that only Hellfire can reveal. And he's he he burps up some flames, and bada bing, bada boom, Doctor Fate, who has been missing, is now back, and they're gonna kind of take the fight to merlin now and his his knights so there's lots of cool new um bits added in we've got these weird knights that are are apparently like huge juggernaut kind of characters um we've got the team back together everybody looks awesome the new designs are great and i can't wait to see some more of this i had it on my notes expect reed to have an orgasm when he ends up reading about uh uh, detective chimp and or etrigan being the same person uh. <laughs> hey, hey, no tea, no shade. Hey, I ain't doing no <laughs> shade. Uh, I, I'm just, hey, I, I love Detective. I love Detective Champ. He, he's he's utterly great. Absolutely. Uh, Constantine with that scar, looking so handsome. He he speaking cool of handsome, easy. look at Doctor Fate. They have him all GQ'd up. Uh, he does. He's he is he is definitely not uh, a teenager anymore, is he? Exactly. Much older, more self assured. Uh, yep. He's definitely he's, standing he's tall. He's wearing that. Yeah, he's wearing that proud now. No more problems with that. What did you guys give this issue overall? Uh, the Justice Leagues, these these are both, look, uh, both parts of this uh, issue look amazing. The yeah. visuals are off the charts. Etrigan looks great. They've got, a lot of times, he he's drawn a little bit, or designed a little too humanoid. And here you can Agreed. see he's this big, hulking monster. Everything's mm-hmm. bleak. The burnt up angel, like I, I don't know. They're really nailing the tone. Um, Ramby, he knows, he knows just how to like kind of steer this kind of stuff, and I can't wait to see what else he's got to do with it. Um, as for the Justice League, uh, regular Justice League stuff, uh, I love those old villains. Uh, this one is just out of the park for me. You guys knew where I'd be scoring in on this one, regardless. Uh, I'm giving this one eight out of ten. All right, Jared, where were you? They are comes and goes for some of the detail. Like some of it carries a lot of it. Like they do. Like like Reed said, it is does have a safe part. I don't like the fact that you can't see anybody's faces. And with the cowl, I understand. I like the eyes not having the pupils because it's part of the magic of the domino mask or whatever. Right. 
So they, they, had, they had ones that are stellar. They had uh, that didn't carry out throughout the entire thing. I'm going to give it seven and one half Dr. Fates out of ten. I, they, the art okay. wasn't as consistent as I, I'd like it to be, but <laughs> like I, I, I don't have as close a connection as Reed does, but Detective Chimp is in there. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Fate is in there. Oh, bring it on i am i am into it i am i am wanting to wanting to learn more i'm hoping that they keep the edrigan's speech pattern down a little bit because that's what i find tiring of, of him yeah i actually saw ram v tweet uh just a couple of days ago that rhyming on a deadline was super hard <laughs> yeah a lot of it a lot of it was a, li- a little bit janky I-, I feel like you need to kind of s- sit with those because there were parts where it, di- it was like rhyming but also not rhyming i don't know i'm a real cheesy kind of limerick i like r- writing like stupid limericks and shit like that mm-hmm. so I love a good rhyme, and these ones, I, I'm giving him, I'll give him a pass because he he said on on a deadline. So, um, but I would like to see a little more, a little more rhyming work. Come on, yeah, I, baby. I think both stories were off the chain awesome here. Um, the, the the obviously I like Justice League Dark a little bit more. It was the art was a little bit better, the story was a little bit better, but there was nothing wrong with the first part of it too. Justice League was great. I'm cautiously intrigued by Justice League because of who is writing it. I have a lot more confidence in Justice League Dark, and to be honest, I'm I'm hopeful for both. Uh, I hope Doug, I hope that I get to see a lot more of this team in the future. I, I this is another one that I don't want to let go. Um, I I like these characters, the ones that I know love and 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 know really well, um, doing so good with so much character pro- progression. I want to see more of this. Uh, final score on this one: eight out of ten. And you get. Real quick, before we move on, I just want to say, I mean, I like Dr. Detective Chimp just fine. I'm not a big Detective Chimp stand. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want. I don't want the wrong message being sent. Constantine now. Now, now. Yeah, he's man. even more Constantine fan. But I love all these. I love all the Magic Boys. So I will say that. I yeah, guess. Absolutely. I guess. So I've been John. I love. I love all. So I've been John for a co- uh, for Halloween and cosplay three different occasions. I love Constantine. <laughs> It's all huge, bombastic stories on a giant scale. You know exactly what you're getting when it comes to a Justice League book, light or dark. There you go. For the final issue this week, we're going to go small and on a local level. Gritty even with a dark detective. Priced at $5.99 with a cover by Dan Mora. Story and arts by various talents listed individually. Dark Detective is made up of the main story and additional backstory in each issue. This week, we get the first chapters of Dark Detective and Grifters. We'll start things out with Dark Detective, written by Mariko Tamaki, with art by Dan Mora and Jordi Belair, letters by Aditya Bidikar. To the public, Gotham's Dark Knight is no more. Batman is reported dead, followed by Bruce Wayne just two days later. Gotham itself has become dependent on technology, based from stuff started in Wayne Enterprises, and everything around it, it's tied so closely, it allows the magistrate to pretty much take full control. Bruce is indeed shot in an alley, which is a little ironic, but he makes it. Um, he's shot pretty bad, though, and no one else knows that he survived. Nobody knows that he survived. Using the last bits of the Wayne fortune, he hires a back alley surgeon to save his life before he slips into anonymity. We have a totally different Bruce Wayne here, and Batman is by far no more. Bruce is older, 
he's suffering from the terrible gunshot wounds that almost took his life. He's having problems lifting himself up onto ledges. And he's trying to get used to all of this while also trying to figure out how to scrap together enough change for coffee. So the whole thing feels like a setup issue, but I think it was done right. Like, like most I know, I had my trepidations about Tamaki taking over this character, but I don't anymore. I am really super curious to see where this goes. It's established that he must change every single aspect of himself in order to continue to fight for Gotham. He cannot do it as Batman. Batman is dead. Even if he were to put the suit back on, the mythos would be damaged due to the way that Bruce moves and makes allowances for his age and his pain. So I cannot wait to see what happens next. Like, at all. Where were you guys at with the Dark Detective? Well, as always, I judge the hero by the, the Royal Gallery. And uh, the Peacekeeper? Mwah! Uh, Peacekeeper number one. Yes. He's going to be the big bad throughout all of this. Yes, peace, Peacekeeper number one. It very had a lot of uh, the crossbones from uh, Captain America Winter Soldier look, except for he doesn't have it spray painted and stuff like that. That's just his face. The blue mask, when it looks like one of the wartime American flags tilted sideways, so it's hanging. Uh-huh. And I, I got annoyed by the number of times you're going to stop all movement by the order of the magistrate. Right. <laughs> I'm like, you, you, they, it's robot. It can say different things. Now, I know we're not pro-robot here, but hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, you know, you could say it's, what, what it's the cybers. They, they call them cybers. They're not robots. They're cybers. We can give them more dialogue. There you go. I do like the 80s-style look that he has. Kind of reminds me all together with John Stewart with his Green Lantern ring off, where he looks like B.A. Baracus, and he's going in looking like he's the A-team. T-shirt rolled up, ready to go, rock and roll. Hoorah! I have more respect for Bruce Wayne being able to do that with when he's not in good health, not having to rely on the superpower of having billions of dollars. So That's I, a hell of a superpower. Yes. Uh, well, Joker had fun with it. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they actually do with him. I might not be a Batman fan, but he does end up doing, he does draw a lot of good stories to him. Uh, and I just hope, I hope with him being hurt, they don't put him in every single damn thing again. But I, I am looking forward to it. It's extremely, uh, extremely well. And Reed? Uh, this, this is a pretty neat arc. Um, I am, I am suffering, uh, from a little bit of magistrate fatigue as all of the bat stories seem to take place in this kind of magistrate, um, universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's supposed to be dead, both Batman and Bruce Wayne. So, uh, I mean, there's, that's a pretty cool angle that I'm really enjoying Batman, uh, living as like on the streets. That that's a fun part of his uh, youth, and you know the kind of training montage. So it's fun to seeing that being recurred here again. I was a little disappointed to actually see him don the mantle again in the comic. I thought for a second that was just in his head, but then I I believe that's actually happening. Yeah, because I you know, but at the same time, the art was done masterfully. The action is great. Um, this is this is a good story. Next up, we've got Grifters, written by Matthew Rosenberg, with art by Carmine D. Juan Domenico and Antonio Fabella, with letters by And World Design. Jared, you want to take us through Grifters? Well, as it states on the very first page of it, it says the multiverse has been saved from the brink of destruction, and I'm thinking that the multiverse saved the person who ended up drawing this because the art is phenomenal throughout the entire thing. The, the attention to detail, the, the, there might be some spots where you know some things are left out, but every like, look, look in there where uh, he's standing over where it says no future past or no future no past part one. 
the, the attention to detail to every single one of the bottles, even though they're in their, their extreme back foreground, it just it, it fills me for hope because I absolutely love Grifter as a character. Me too. Me well, too. The, the Grifter, uh, No Future, No Past Part 1, opens up as Cold Cash playing some poker with some rough-looking people. Why? Because, well, he's Cold Cash here. He's, he's Grifter. He's, he's not going to be hanging out with the choir boys. Right. <laughs> For Grifter fans, that's nothing unusual. No. He was, as always, no hero, and he did not, if he does, like he said, if he didn't get paid to come get you, well, then he's not going to bother showing up. Anyhow, it was about a paycheck. Grifter quickly destroyed the game, shoving a knife right through the hand of some thug. It always makes him some comments that he didn't like, and that's how his therapist told him to work out his uh, issues, I guess. <laughs> Entered two people that claimed to be GCPD, which, with the time of the magistrate, kind of makes me feel, hey, well, not to mention it's GCPD. I don't trust them anyways. I've watched Gotham. Right? <laughs> but they come in and say they're GC- GCPD. Grifter doesn't doesn't believe it, but yeah, they call him out by his name, Cold Cash, not just calling him Grifter or anything, and then everyone flips out because... Holy shit, there, here comes one of the mass vigilantes. Uh, we, could, we could beat the shit out of this guy. You know, He's the one that shot my brother. He's the guy who shot my paw. <laughs> you shot my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's like, oh, here's the king of assholes. Let's get him. Well, <laughs> I, it flashes back to that Watchmen movie where Rorschach's inside the prison. You're not, I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. Like, did they... Right, they right. they not realize he's a grifter, you know. He's he takes him down with these. Uh, he 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 strategically exits via a window, uh, and he's surrounded by them. <laughs> That's one way. To play. Yes, it's all strategy. It's well thought out plan. He thinks of it. Thinks of these things. <laughs> Chats it ain't checkers. Uh, it's not it's not a great exit, but it's still an exit. <laughs> And he, he comes out being surrounded by the GCPD SWAT slash uh, magistrate cyber people. Well, the cyber uh, – well, the, no, the cyber sent him coming out afterwards. They show up, and he agrees to back uh, – he gives up, and he uh, goes inside the, the police van, uh, except that he's arrested. He asks for the charges. Well, the GCPD is crooked as any politician in D.C. They don't really tell him. Uh he gets inside the back of the van. He sees no other than Luke Fox also being strapped up. They have some kind of ego measuring contest to kick at each other, gathering the attention of the, the magistrate police officers that are driving the van, and they they go in the back to check on him. Well, while the, fi- the fighting is going down, uh, shots are fired, and what do you know? Uh, rush hour traffic ends up happening when the, fl- the van flips on its side, allowing Grifter and Batwing both to loosen the restraints. Uh, Cash shoots the responding officer to secure their freedom because, well, he's fucking grifter. He'll do that. You're in my way. Let's shoot the hostage. Take him out of the equation. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, Fox gives grifter a, 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 a Visa card worth $50,000 cash. Uh, that's that's <laughs> super identity and with that, well... Media response is Grifter puts on his mask and gives Luke a mask that has all the eye holes uh, uh, sewn shut so you can't see. Uh, they He had some resistance, but he ended up going along with it. They cross paths with the Black Mask Syndicate, and uh, Cole calls out for Luke to run, and he starts bashing people's heads. Uh, the, the, the queen of the, the gang is led by the queen of the clubs herself on the, the poker game that they originally started out. If you look at the cards, 
they have different supervillains being the, the royalty on that, and the queen of clubs is the huntress, and that's who ended up coming out there. Bum, bum, bum. I love the huntress. She's such a badass. She's the, uh, like, okay. Uh, which as huntress, far as I'm though? concerned, like, she's like, this one. <laughs> but which one is it? Not not the Helena Wayne alternate universe one, the um, Bertinelli one. Okay, well, do we know for a fact it's the Bertinelli one? I'm going to say it more than likely is. Uh, I think they're going to go, when we have multiple instances of characters, I think we're going to drop in the main universe first and then fill them yeah. in. Like, we're not going to lose Power Girl. I hope I not. think she'll show up eventually, for example. But, um... Uh, for multiple multiple instances, I think we're just going to stick with the main versions, except for those that appear on Earth three. I agree because they're polar opposite. But yeah, so I mean, this was this was fantastic. I thought. What did you think, Jared? I I I absolutely loved it. I think it was a great uh, all, all all these stories that all the stories that came out this week, everyone paid attention. The writers did stellar jobs. It wasn't it wasn't always recycled. You got to get into the base characters. He was he was at the poker game. He wasn't Grifter, but he was Grifter. Uh, Bruce Wayne beaten and, sta- exactly. and stabbed or beaten and shot. He wasn't Batman, but he was still Batman. John Stewart not yep. Green Lantern, but still Green Lantern. Jessica Cruz. You go through every single dang story. So I got to give a big props out to the writing team for at least coming from establishing that these people are more than just their powers, that no matter what, you know, they're the same people from the inside. And I, I, I love that. It, it drives better stories. It shows uh, – well, it makes it makes you so you can connect with them more. I, I think the art was phenomenal. The story lighting is phenomenal. All, all across the board so far, Future State is knocking it out of the park. I give this the Future State Dark Detective – and Grifter, an eight and a half out of ten. Uh, eight and a half Grifters half because Grifter ten. kicks ass. <laughs> yeah, I really like this. Uh, the second story was a lot of fun. I, I really like seeing Cole Cash like doing this kind of scoundrel bit. Uh, and the, the kind of buddy cop team up of Luke Fox and Grifter is a um, is something that's a lot of fun to see. Um Overall, I I enjoyed this. I, I enjoyed this format much more than the three story one. To be honest, I this, did too. This two story, half and half, felt a little bit more because both of these stories had a lot of love put into them, and they felt like full stories. I didn't feel like I was getting a story in two thir- and then a, a third of each uh, of another couple of stories. Right, uh, this right. Is, yeah. This is a very good experience, and I I would like to support this format and i mean you know I, these are these are great stories never going to be this is the main batman kind of entry here so like this is this is the one uh I'll, I'll give this a solid eight out of ten as uh, guys um as far as as far as batman goes i mean it's batman you know he's in a new world he's he's wearing he's got a new costume and he's severely limited compared to what he used to be but i mean it's still batman and i was worried about it but now i'm optimistic or at least curious Grifter was awesome, and let's keep in mind that it's actually called Grifters, and I don't think that's just him and Batwing. It looks like Huntress is going to be teaming up too, and the idea of Batwing, mm. Huntress, and Cole Cash on the team, Hell like, I can't even picture that, but I want to. Um, so, I'm yeah, I'm all for that, man. I give this one altogether, I'm giving this an 8.25 out of 10. 
So now it is time for us to pick the top three books of the week and your favorite panel slash moment of the week. Reed, you want to start us out first? Hell yeah. Okay, so um, this is actually, this is tough. This is a tough one. So I know you guys are going to think how, you, you've you got me all figured out on this one. But I will <laughs> say, all right. Uh, number three. All right, yeah. Number three this week uh, is going to be Green Lantern, number one, um, with a heavy leaning to the, the Jessica Cruz story, be, bringing this one up okay. into the ranking. Number two, going to be Justice League number one. That's a solid book. It's got that two-story format as well. 24 pages a piece, you know, basically for Justice League uh, regular and dark. Uh, we got Justice League vanilla and dark. <laughs> um, <laughs> but number one for me, I shocked. I, I, I love this from start to finish. I'm, I love uh, Kara. I love Supergirl, Superwoman. This is great. Right this is my number one. Uh, and it's also got my favorite moment. There is a moment when the Lenari, uh, you know, fox creature mm-hmm. is eating bacon and eggs in like a kitchen and flipping it into her mouth, and it's like a cartoon wolf. Perfect. I thought that was uh, cool. I love that story. I love that moment. This this is this is a fun week of comics. I don't know why, but when I saw that panel, my head flashed to Adventure Time. I don't know if anybody out there has watched this part, but. The song just making bacon pancakes. We're of a kind there. We, we, are, we are all on the, on the same page there. All right, Jared, what was your top three and your favorite panel slash moment of the week? Okay, uh, number three, I would put it at the Justice uh, Future State Justice League. Okay. Number two, the Future State Dark Detective. Grifter did carry a lot of it, uh, mainly for the. Dis- mm-hmm. distaste for Batman, so that's saying an awful lot, but it is extremely well written and everything. Number one, I'm going to have to go with two-thirds of an amazing story, the Green Lantern one. The tasking of Sector 1, 2, 3, and the Book of Guy carried a lot of that, although I do love uh, John Stewart's character. He doesn't really have a lot to w- work on, so it's a lot to, to, to ask for him as a story. I Like Reed said, having it two people, or two stories, that, that, that seemed to work out a lot better for him. It seemed rushed, but the, the the explosiveness of the Jessica Cruz, the the hoping with the showing that guy could handle the great power responsibility, hoping he doesn't have an Uncle Ben. It's it's got to be right the the Green Lanterns. And what's your favorite panel slash moment of the week? That is simple. Uh, that is Robin Eternal number one. The the very last panel when he's in his superhero pose look like he's ready to take off on a uh, four-point stance in a football game cover the green goo and he says round two that is a robin that i know you've already been defeated well next option boom we're gonna we're gonna kick your butt so <laughs> yeah all right well my top three are gonna go like this number three is kara Zorel superwoman um, I just, I wasn't sold on the art at first, but the story got me and I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, I am interested in seeing Superwoman Kara in, in, in a role where she's not going to be limited or subjugated to being the side character. She is the main character and, you know, for, for what it's worth, I mean, I really want to see that. Um, on the number two is going to go to Future State Justice League that, I mean... The art was great, the stories were great, and I love what, I mean, the fact that all of the kids are doing better than their parents did, and all of the replacements. The only thing that I have a problem with is that I really hope that the new Flash isn't dead, because it looked like, it looked like they got microwaved, like, turned to ash. 
my number one is going to be Future State Dark Detective. Uh, seeing this new direction for Bruce Wayne and the accommodations that he's making, the things that he's going through, that was awesome. Grifter, I love Grifter. It took me way back. Um, I'm a big Grifter fan. Uh, and seeing him with teamed up with Huntress and Batwing, which are two awesome Bat Family characters, that can't do nothing but get any better. My favorite moment doesn't come from any of those. My favorite moment is going to be when we get that superhero landing from Jessica Cruz. Yes, with nice. the Atomic Axe. With the Atomic Axe. Oh, right. I'm telling you, dude, that was so epic. I was like, I, I'm not even kidding. Like, I stopped what I was doing. I picked up my tablet, and I took it to my wife, and I said, you read, read this story. Mm. <laughs> it was just, I, I loved it. So now that we're done with the good part, it's now time for the, the biggest, biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. All right, well, I think I'll lead us off here if you don't mind, because this is a clear-cut one for me. Go for it. Solely because, solely because out of all these comics, it's the only one where no actions whatsoever took place. Teen Titans number one is going to be my big stinker. Jared, what made the stink list for you today? <laughs> well, the, it kind of goes against yours. Mine has to be the the Kara Zor-El Superwoman. <laughs> All right. Mainly because I'm not a pupubescent female. Uh, I'm not a tween, oh, okay. so I'm not able to connect with it. Uh, it's a uh, world power, girl power. I have a whole, I have a whole mess of daughters. I'm all about girl power. Pride. It's, it's, I'm not their target demographic. For their target demographic, they did excellent, but that for me, that's a stinker. Are you telling me when you sit down and the kids have on My Little Pony, you're not getting into that? Is that what you're telling me? My kids watch. Don't tell me that, Jerry. My kids watch Rick and Morty. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. All right. Well, never mind. They're not into my. They're not into my little pony either. <laughs> nope. All right. You know, guys, I really didn't want to do this part this week. Um, most everything was pretty good to me, but somebody has to step into those shoes, uh, and uh, you know, fill the breeze, so to speak. My biggest stinker is going to have to be Green Lantern. I I have to pick this just because it was. I wasn't into two of the stories. They were okay. It just it just wasn't for me. That's I'm fair. I'm not a John Stewart fan. It wasn't a bad story. It just wasn't. I wasn't into it. And then of course with Guy, it was pretty much the same thing. It was cool to see a character I couldn't stand done in a way that was good, like they did with Superboy Prime. But that's not enough for me to get invested. I love that Jessica Cruz story though, and I rated that one higher than everything else individually. Uh, if I graded yeah. it, I had to grade it as a whole. So here we are. Yeah, that John Stewart one should have been the shortest out of all of them. Yeah, <laughs> just because it had the Teen Titans problems. There's lots of battles, but nothing really happened. Commercially, he's probably the most popular Green Lantern that there is. Um, mm-hmm. Comic book diehard comic book fans are gonna lean all over the place, but commercially, because he's been exposed so much with all of the animated shorts and all of the animated cartoons and everything. He's been saturated everywhere, so a lot of people grew up with Jon Stewart as their Lantern. He was the first superhero that was black. They didn't have the word black in his name. That's true. So, I mean, there's a landmark there, too. That's, I mean... It spoke to an entire generation of people that were coming into comics, and it also helped welcoming in African-Americans into the the realm and everything like that (laughs) by not subjugating them. Hey, you're not identified as being black. You're identified as being you. 
Yeah, I I really enjoy uh, I this this story. I think has like a good bones to it, but I don't I don't think they did it a service. I feel like it was a little bit too stretched or something. I think the cartoony art took away from the military kind of feel that the story should have had to it. Yeah, I I'm into this like this concept of let me see these guys on the ground because I I want some more of that. I just don't think that this was the best showcase for this kind of story. Cause yeah, I I need I need this in a big long issue, getting down and drudging and like a, a long drawn out assault. I feel like would have served this story a little bit better. Um, the time to, for the story to breathe, I guess. Uh, and this this kind of format didn't suit it well. I don't think. I couldn't agree more. And that's the show. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, you can feel free to reach out and contact us at any time. We love gabbing with you guys. Visit campsite.bio forward slash not a robot to find us on your favorite podcast platform and patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcasts. There's an S on the end of there for early and additional content for as low as a dollar a month. Not a robot podcasts.com will take you everywhere you need to go. So, what do we say when we're ready to get out of here, guys? Until next time, be good to each other and don't be a robot.